0: Hey guys, Jake Steele, Iron and Steel. This is podcast episode number 11. And uh, let's just cut right to the chase. Have you guys seen this fucking t shirt yet? So, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the John Wayne Gacy, the Killer Clown Hot Rod t shirt that uh, is going to be the first of a series of three serial killer, lowbrow, Ed Roth inspired t shirts. Uh, that I'm gonna be releasing. And every one of them is drawn by a guy named Evan Danes, uh, who is a wickedly talented artist and tattoo artist down in Australia. And about six months ago, I approached him and said, hey, I have these absolutely fucking ridiculous ideas for serial killer pun, hot rod, Roth looking t-shirts. Here's what they are. Here's what they should look like. And here's the pun. And uh, what do you think? And, uh, for some reason he wasn't real into it at first and which kind of surprised me, but, uh, yeah, he was basically like, uh, yeah, I don't get it, mate. (laughs) So if, if you haven't seen the shirt, you might be wondering why I think that's so funny, but, uh, yeah, you need to go check it out. This is the John Wayne Gacy one, the first one, uh, long story short, I was able to Finally, convince Evan to uh, draw the first, and it came out so bitchin' that uh, he's actually drawing the second one right now. He's gonna draw all three of them for me. Uh, they're all serial killer themed, they're all fucking ridiculous, they're all hilarious, and uh, the artwork is incredible. And just all of the bullshit aside, uh, the actual art standalone by itself is it just is amazing. So, anyway. Maybe at the time that you're listening to this, it's available on my website, which is ironandsteel.com. But uh, for now, I have a short run that I made of 100. I'm going to be selling them in person at our car club's drag race event, which is uh, August 19th, 20th, and 21st up at uh, Riverdale Raceway in Toodle, Washington. So uh, if you haven't been to that event, you should go to that just anyway. But uh, anyway, if you happen to be there, I will have a booth there. I'll be selling these John Wayne Gacy t-shirts there and a bunch of other, um, bullshit, uh, hot rod t-shirts. So yeah, if you are up there, come by, come say hello, and I will fix you up with some fancy church clothes to impress your in-laws with. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for now, ironandsteel.com, go there, hit the subscribe button, and then, uh, you will be notified when that shirt becomes available for sale online which is going to be in 10 days or so uh, i just want to get through this event and uh, sell them in person the first 100 and uh, then i'll make them available on the site so IronAndSteel.com. hit subscribe and uh, you'll get an email when they become available you'll also be updated when there's new content um, like this bullshit article i'm about to read you and uh, you'll be updated when there's new podcasts and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm going to read this story and then we're going to do a quick little q and I got some good questions this week. And uh, yeah, the story is, uh, I don't know what to say about it. It's really nothing special necessarily. It's just a, a restored Model A truck that I bought a while back and uh, sold it immediately. And then uh, just recently it's found its way back to me. So for whatever reason, I wrote an article about it. It's called Sometimes They Come Back, and uh, it's actually a two-part article. Uh, This is the first part. Second part, I haven't uh, even published yet. I'm going to do that here in the next couple of days. So uh, part one is on the website, ironandsteel.com. Part two will be there shortly. Another great reason to go there and uh, hit the subscribe button. But uh, anyway, kind of a funny story how it came into my possession to begin with. So I wrote a quick story about it. quick story turned into... longer two-part story and uh, here we are so anyway kick back relax and uh, yeah I'll tell you how it went down thanks again for being here imagine it a truck so nice I had to own it twice (laughs) Look, I've had a lot of old cars come and go over the years. A lot of them, Model A's. Just about every one I've ever had, I've wanted to keep. And if I could, I'd hold on to every single one of them. Some stick around longer than others, but most make their way down the road at some point. Every once in a while, though, they come back. It started out with a text message from a friend of mine. said, hey, Jake, a customer of mine has this truck. He wants X amount for it. Not sure if that's anything you'd be interested in or not. Now, the photo was shitty, but I could tell at a glance that it was a super nice Model A pickup. The best part was the X amount that he mentioned was an absolute no brainer. I'll take it. I'm punching this out on my phone and just about to hit the send button when a second picture comes in. This one of an equally beautiful looking, fully restored Model A chassis. That price is for both, my buddy says. Holy shit, yeah. I'll take them then. So my friend gives me the guy's number and I went outside to call him right away. Now, I could tell from the background in some of these photos that I'd received that this guy probably had some coin. And I was told by my buddy in my sort of pre-cold call briefing that this guy was basically the type of guy that could play with whatever toys he wanted. And he had just bought this truck on a whim, but never really used it. Now, it was time to move it on down the road. Perfect. I thought to myself. I dialed the number and hit the button. Hello? A gentleman on the other end picks up and I explain that I'm the guy that our mutual friend told him would be calling about the Model A. Oh, he says. Now, this guy, let's call him Seth for the sake of the story, comes off as a nice enough guy, but... Right away, I can tell he wants to make sure that I know his time is valuable. No problem, I think to myself. He's got shit to do, so I'll make it quick and easy for him. So with this in mind, I'm about to blurt out, well, when would you like me to come by and pick him up? When this guy says, quote, First off, I don't know what he told you, but there's no way I'm taking X for this stuff. Huh? Now he goes on to explain to me that our friend must have just misunderstood him. That he hadn't actually said I would take X for them. And he had surely actually said that he, quote, wouldn't take like X amount for them or anything. (laughs) Okay. So I'm listening to him tell me this. And I'm listening to the back-and-forth conversation that he's having with whoever is there with him on the other end of the phone. And I realize right away what actually happened. Seth had talked to our mutual friend about selling the pickup. And in the moment, he spouted off that he would take X amount for it. And the chassis. The friend tells me. I say no problem. But in the meantime, Seth talks to someone else about it. And that someone else informs him that the price is actually far too low. There's no way that he should be selling this stuff that cheaply. So now Seth is backpedaling. Okay, I thought, I've been here before. It's never fun. But here's the kicker. This new price was only 25% higher than the original price. And the original price was a gift. Still, I didn't like the way it had played out up to this point. And honestly, really it was a matter of principle now. As he's talking, I'm weighing the pros and cons in my head of just agreeing to his new and higher price. Which was still a no-brainer. But he's about three hours away from me and I'm debating my options. Option number one, agree to the new price and set a time for pickup. Option number two, say I'd like to see this stuff in person, go look, and then offer the original price in person. Option three, hang up the fucking phone. Now, as Seth is talking, all of this is going through my head, and I was leaning toward going to look at it in person and maybe making an offer from there. But, just then, this guy hits me with this. He says, quote, Listen, I'm kind of a well-to-do guy, and that X amount just doesn't mean much to a guy like me. (laughs) Okay, I thought, well, there's my answer. Now look, I know quote, well-to-do people, all right? The entire time I worked a regular nine-to-five job, which was about 20 years, I worked for a series of well-to-do people. Sometimes I'd be working for people that owned multiple car dealerships, like a half a dozen or more franchise dealerships at a time, each of them producing like millions and millions of dollars a year. These were the kind of people that flew private jets from store to store to hold their meetings. (laughs) I worked closely with dozens of people like that for two decades. I sat through hundreds and hundreds of hours of meetings with them. I attended countless functions with them, visited their homes. I traveled with them. I sold their antique car collections for them. Whatever the case may be. In all of that time, in no circumstance, ever, did I, and I mean ever, hear any of these people refer to themselves as, quote, well-to-do. Not amongst each other, not to me, not to any of my peers, or even anyone that worked under me. Like, ever. In fact, I think if I were to look any of these people up now, and just call them out of the clear blue sky and ask, do you consider yourself well-to-do? They would undoubtedly be insulted. Chuckle worthy? Yeah, but uh, anyway, I digress. So, fighting back my urge to taunt and boo this guy until my throat was sore, I instead politely explained that I'd have to think about this new price point and we ended the call. I thought about the whole thing for several hours. Now, it was all just funny. It was nothing to be upset about. I knew I should just bite the bullet, agree to his new price, and head over there and pick this shit up. I just couldn't do it, though. I thought about it all day, and as the sun went down, I sent him this text. I appreciate you making time to chat with me today. After careful consideration, I don't think there's anything I can do at the price point you mentioned. At the original price, it makes some sense for me, but I understand that amount of money being of little consequence to you, as you mentioned. The Model A world is just a little too volatile at the moment for me to pay any more than that. I do, however, appreciate it, and if anything happens to change, just let me know. Thank you again. (laughs) So, I sent that text message on a Friday evening, and I received a simple and polite reply. And that was that. It was over with. I had apparently walked away from a really nice Model A pickup, Over a few measly dollars. Now, this wasn't the first dumbass thing I'd ever done, so I was used to this feeling. But I did start regretting it just as soon as it went down. Oh well, I thought. There's always the next one. I went to sleep, thinking that I had just made a huge mistake. The next day, I went over to my friend Robbie's house to help him with a project that he was working on. And first thing he spouts off with, You grabbing that Model A tomorrow? (laughs) Nope. Fell through, I explained. I told him what went down, and his response was, You're a dumbass for not just going to get the stupid thing anyway. He was right. It was dumb. I was just starting to feel even worse after my little pep talk from Robbie when my phone happened to buzz. Get this, it said. Jake, I'll let you have it for X. I want someone else to be able to enjoy this thing and not just let it sit here. I read the text aloud to Robbie with a smirk. That X that Seth had mentioned was the original price that I was told in the beginning. What a dick, Robbie said, shaking his head. Referring to me, of course. Maybe so, but this dick had to go hitch up his trailer. So the next morning, I set off for Central Oregon. And for anyone that's never been to this part of the state, it's a gorgeous, vast, dry desert landscape with unbelievable views in basically every direction. I grew up taking trips there to ride dirt bikes and camp and explore. I've always loved it there, and despite the fact that it was going to be an all-day adventure to get there and back, I didn't mind that one bit. So I'm following my GPS directions, and I end up on a narrow, paved road that leads away from a reservoir that I remember camping at many times as a kid. It's a popular vacation spot with a lot of high-dollar vacation houses that surround it. So I'm following this road, And finally, my GPS tells me, the destination is on your left. So I turn and follow this long, paved driveway up to what looks like some sort of lodge or resort. I'm almost thinking, this can't be the place. One off to the right, at the top of the driveway of this absolutely palatial house. I spot the Model A parked in front of a barn that's easily ten times nicer than my house. (laughs) Holy shit, I think to myself. (laughs) This guy is (laughs) well-to-do. I get out, and I'm greeted in the driveway by a smiling, middle-aged guy. Beautiful place, I tell him. It was the understatement of the century. So I'm looking this truck over, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's an older restoration, but shows really well, with really nice paint and a perfect interior. He says, I fired it up this morning. It started right up, ran great. Now this thing had sat unused for several years, so I was expecting to winch this thing onto the trailer. So this was a bonus. We look at the chassis, and it's every bit as nice as the truck is. Everything is new. Powder-coated frame, new brakes, all new bushings, new steering components, suspension, brand new tires. Literally everything on it is brand new, rebuilt, and never ran. And best of all, it had a Model B motor in it with an FS Ignitions Distributor. This thing was all brand new, brand new rebuilt, only assembly lube in it, and never even had engine oil. Someone spent a lot of time and money on this chassis alone, likely about what I was paying for everything. Now I had just a single car trailer with me, so my plan was to take the chassis first and then run it up to my parents place which is only about 20 minutes away. I would drop the chassis off there, then run back for the truck, load it up, and head home. Then I'd come back at some point in the next week or so to retrieve the chassis from my folks' place. And this way, I could be out of this guy's hair in one quick, easy afternoon, and I wouldn't have to bother him. So I load the chassis and strap it down. As soon as I get all done, Seth says, You want to see my game room? Huh. Now, I should have known better since this guy was basically dressed like he was going on safari, (laughs) but I walked into his shop thinking I was going to find foosball tables and dartboards. This was not the type of game he was referring to, though. Instead, I go through these two big double doors into what resembles basically an old church with huge vaulted ceilings and exposed beams. The space is enormous, and on every square inch of this place is a dead animal. Every available inch of floor space around the perimeter and in rows down the center is the same thing. Every kind of animal you can imagine was in there. Hundreds and hundreds of them. This guy was not a hobby hunter. He was serious about this shit. His stories are things like Hey, you see that crocodile over there? Yeah, they flew me into a small village in Zimbabwe to hunt him down because he killed three locals. <laughs> that was an actual story, or at least it was very close to that. It was amazing and a little overwhelming to say the least. So I spent about a half of an hour or so in there looking at all these exotic animals and Listening in awe, admittedly, to the stories of how these things had ended up being mounted on this guy's wall. And I did take a bunch of photos of the game room. I didn't include him in the article, just out of respect for this guy's privacy. But, uh, yeah, you just have to take my word on how awe-inspiring it was, I guess. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. It was amazing. So Anyway, I shook the guy's hand, thanked him and set off to my parents' place to drop off the chassis. About an hour and a half later, I returned for the truck, loaded it up, and started my three and a half hour journey back home. The whole way back, I would glance in my mirror and think to myself, man, that is a nice truck. I should keep that fucker. I've said this hundreds of times before, of course. So I get home and I unload the truck. It fires right off, doesn't complain a bit, just chugs to life and idles happily as I pull it off the trailer. I take it up the driveway, then around the block. It runs really, really well. There's a little bit of slop in the steering, likely from worn out kingpins, but all in all, a super truck. One that runs, drives, and looks amazing. What a fucking score, I think to myself. And again, I say to myself, I should just keep this thing. But it wouldn't be in the cards. At least not right away. Okay, there you have it sometimes they come back that was just part one of course uh part two i will be publishing on my website ironandsteel.com uh here in the next couple of days so while you're there uh checking out the article that i just read you so you can see the photos of the truck and of the journey and all that good stuff Uh, that's another great reason for you to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when there's new content like part two of that story so there you have it uh thanks for listening to that and uh we'll jump into some q a stuff so first question i got was uh what is your favorite car related event uh i am fairly biased so it should be no surprise that my answer is going to be the estranged car club drag show which is uh if you've never been to it the setting is amazing Uh, Hundreds of traditional hot rods and drag race cars. Nostalgia drag racing Uh, It is super laid back. Everybody is cool. No egos, no bullshit, uh, no dickheads, no fights, no drama. Just heads up drag racing in a cool car show in like a fucking idyllic setting. If you don't know what that word means, you can Google that later. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, that's your answer. Uh, the estranged drag show is uh, definitely my favorite car event of the year. And from what I've heard from many, many people, that is, uh, the case for a lot of folks. So if you haven't been to that, it's, uh, August 19th, 20th and 21st of this year, Tootle, Washington, it's an hour North of Portland, uh, at a spot called Riverdale Raceway. So Anyway, that's the answer to that question. So the second one was, this is the second time I've gotten this question, but uh, it says, with an electric car push, do you think that hot rodding is on borrowed time? Look, I no fucking clue about this electric car stuff. I think that, uh, you know, while it may be a threat at some point, I don't think it's going to be a light switch that's going to be flipped uh, entirely in our lifetime, at least. I could be wrong. Doesn't seem like we have the infrastructure for that. Uh, Seems like kind of a, you know, uh, a bit of a joke really to me. Not that I think it's funny, but my deal is like, I think the bigger threat is uh, of this hobby dying. I think the bigger threat is a lack of people coming up that give a shit about this stuff. So uh, I think if you're worried about the hobby dying, you should drive an old car every day and, uh, engage people in conversation, talk to kids, uh, curious people and kids that have questions and, uh, you know, try to be supportive and answer their questions and try to spark some interest in this stuff. So if you want to keep it alive, uh, that's what I think needs to happen more so than sitting around and worrying about, uh, Elon Musk and if he's going to shut down the hot rod hobby or not. So Uh, (laughs) This question is uh, This is funny, it's not even a question It just says uh, Robbie is one of the coolest motherfuckers It would be cool to hear more About his history So uh, Absolutely, 100% agree No question Uh, Robbie is my best friend in the whole world Uh, Absolutely killer guy Amazing Wealth of information And uh, just in general uh, Fantastic human being it's taught me a lot about not just hot rods and uh, mechanical stuff, but uh, a lot about uh, life in general, I guess. So, uh, Robbie is one of the coolest motherfuckers. I agree. It would be cool to hear more about his history. And I agree with you there, too. I've been toying with the idea of uh, writing a little bit of Robbie's story. And uh, I haven't gotten around to doing that just yet. But uh, I'll move it closer to the top of the list because I, I agree. So... Uh, let's see, besides the obvious Boyd wheels, A arm front ends, and disc brakes, what are the little things that say street rod? For example, shaved handles, etc. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm actually writing an article about this right now uh, about street rods and sort of unfucking these street rods that were built in the 90s. And, uh, really the theme of the article is less bagging on street rods and more looking at it from the angle of like, this might be a cost effective way for guys like us that are maybe up and coming, or, you know, guys, maybe a little bit more established that have a little bit of money that, uh, want a nice car, but are still conscious about budget, uh, to get into a really nice car and, uh, just tweak a few things and suit it to our taste. So, yeah, so tweed interiors, you know, painted bumpers, and painted grills, uh, you know, molded in fucking Dodge Neon headlights, <laughs> shit, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that says Street Rod. Uh, biggest offenders, of course, wheels and tires, uh, painted bumpers and grills, and billet everything, steering wheels, uh, digital gauges, and the biggest thing, tweed interior is uh, is a huge one, so Yeah, coincidentally, uh, I am writing an article right now about uh, reversing the street rod stuff on these cars and how just a wheel and tire change and uh, a couple little tweaks can actually straighten these old street rods around and give them a more timeless and traditional look. So yeah, hopefully that answered that question and uh, I was able to also plug an up and coming article. So that worked out real nice. Anyway, that was all the questions that I received this week. So uh, I've already ran a little bit long. I'll just say thank you again for being here. I appreciated a whole bunch and uh, keep the questions coming. Uh, you can message me on Instagram, Iron and Steel. Sometimes I'll post a deal up there that says like, hey, ask me a question for the podcast thing and uh, I'll get some that way. And uh, other times, you know, people will email me and stuff. So ironandsteel.com is the website. Jake at ironandsteel.com is the email if you want to get a hold of me. Uh, or you can send me a direct message on Instagram, but uh, yeah. So again, thanks for being here. Buckle up for those John Wayne Gacy t-shirts. They are coming soon and uh, yeah, get ready to shit your pants over that. And until next time, have a great week and uh, I'll talk to you again in exactly seven days. Thanks.